Okay, we'll get started. Again, good morning, everyone. Um, I will call to, call to order the zoning administrator hearing um, City of Sausalito. This is Thursday, September 7th at 20, uh, 2017 at 10 a.m. Um, I'm Danny Castro. I'm the community development director for the City of Sausalito. And um, the project planner is Calvin Chan. He's a senior planner. and. Uh, uh, he will soon be speaking on this project and, and uh, providing an introduction um, and project description. Uh, I will go to the order of this agenda. The next item is um, public comments on items not on this agenda. Um, this is the time and place where um, if there are any items you wish to speak about that is not on this agenda, this is the time to do that. Is there anybody who would like to speak? I don't think I see anybody coming up to the podium. So we're gonna to go to the next item, and this is the public hearing for the one item, uh, California Caviar Company, 1403 Bridgeway and 302 Caledonia Street, Suite 5. And uh, Calvin Chan will uh, provide a staff report. There'll also be a PowerPoint for that. Um, just to let you know, the order of things is that uh, Calvin will present a staff report. Uh, there'll be a PowerPoint presentation will allow the applicant to make a presentation. Um, they have up to 15 minutes to make this presentation. Uh, and then any time that's not used will be reserved for them if they wish to respond to any questions or have any closing statements following um, public comment period. So after the applicant speaks, then we'll have um, public comment. Uh, you will have three minutes each to, um, to comment and please come to the podium and state your name and, uh, and then present your comments. Again, you'll have three minutes. And um, that's the order of things. All right, thank you. Calvin. Thank you, Danny. Members of the public that are in attendance today, our item number one is the minor use permit for California Caviar Company at 1403 Bridgeway. The minor use permit is to serve beer and wine, no hard alcohol, at the tasting room located at 1403 Bridgeway, also known as uh, Suite 5 in this business complex. The applicant is Deborah Keene, who is the CEO and founder of the company. The MUP is limited to the 1403 Bridgeway site, 302 Caledonia Street, Suite 5. The company is requesting this minor use permit to enhance their caviar tasting room operations with pairings of beer and wine. The service of beer and wine is strictly limited to within the indoor tasting room space. The tasting room hours proposed are 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. The subject property is a two-level commercial building known as 302 Caledonia Street. It's located at the northwest corner of Bridgeway and Locust Street. The commercial building does have frontage on both Caledonia Street and Bridgeway. The surrounding neighborhood consists of mixed commercial residential and commercial waterfront uses. Sparrow Creek Montessori School is located at 304 Caledonia, directly abutting the subject property to the west. You'll see displayed on the screen is a vicinity map of the site. The subject space is zoned commercial residential, the CR zoning district, and is immediately adjacent to other properties within the same zoning designation. A close-up of the image on the upper left shows the uh, project site. 
The surrounding neighborhood consists of mixed commercial and residential and commercial waterfront uses. Barrel Creek is located at 304 Caledonia, directly abutting the subject property to the west. The subject space is zoned um, commercial residential um, and likewise to other locations in the area. Displayed on this chart is the occupancy of the building. There are six suites in total, some on the street level and some on the upper level. Um, the suite that we're discussing today is suite five, which is on the street level, which is the California Caviar Company tasting room, also known as 1403 Bridgeway. Here's a photograph showing the frontage of the site, 1403 Bridgeway, also known as suite five. The minor use permit or MUP request is limited to California Caviar Company's street level tasting room, which faces Bridgeway. Another photo showing the business frontage viewing north along Bridgeway. The subject space in this commercial building is the only tenant space of the 302 Caledonia Street commercial building with entry and exit from Bridgeway. The 1403 Bridgeway space has doors and windows that face Bridgeway to the east, and there are no openings anywhere else. Three-meter public parking spaces are located in front of this business, and numerous parking spaces are available elsewhere along Bridgeway. Here's a photo showing the backside of the space that we're discussing today. There are no openings that are present on the rear brick wall of the space that abuts Barrow Creek School, located at 304 Caledonia Street. There's no internal access between California Caviar Company's street-level tasting room, which faces Bridgeway, and the company's upper-level office with a deck, which is Suite 6. So you'll see here pointed out in the different captions the different spaces that I've just described. On the left image, we have the upper-level walkway and the Sparrow Creek backyard. On the right image, we have also the upper-level walkway adjacent to Suite 4. Access stairs from both Caledonia Street and Bridgeway lead to the walkway on the upper level that connects uh, a total of three upper-level tenants. Those are Pacific Precious Metals, the Armstrong Law Firm, which you see on the right-hand side of the photo, and the California Carrier Company offices. The stretch of walkway that faces the Montessori School is located adjacent to Suite 4, which is occupied by the Armstrong Law Firm. Moving ahead, um, this is the private parking lot for the 302 Caledonia Street Commercial Building. California Caviar Company has two assigned parking spaces for the street level tasting room, Suite 5, and one parking space for the office use of Suite 6. Fencing with solid black screening is present between the Suite 5 parking spaces and the Sparrow Creek backyard, which you can see in the center of this photo. Uh, open fencing without the screening is present to the westward parking space utilized by Suite 4, and you'll see that more clearly in the next photo. So the occupied Suite 4 parking spaces on the left and two available Suite 5 parking spaces on the right-hand side with the screening between uh, the parking area and the Montessori School. In the review of this application, staff did consult with the Alcoholic Beverage Control, or the ABC, and confirmed that approval from the local agency, the City of Sausalito, is required and reviewed prior to uh, ABC license application. As such, California Caviar Company is requesting approval of the minor use permit today from the City of Sausalito prior to the application for an ABC license. 
California Caviar Company would be responsible for securing all necessary permits and licenses from ABC as well as any other regulatory agencies. Per Alcoholic Beverage Control, there are no standard restrictions on the granting of beer and wine licenses proximate to schools, daycares, churches, or other specific uses. Each ABC license application includes notification to residents, schools, churches, and other land uses within their specified radii from the subject site. ABC does conduct a very thorough investigation that typically spans between 60 to 90 days, sometimes longer depending on the case, and they consider public testimony and make a decision to either approve or deny the license. Similar to the minor use permit and the ABC license, the beer and wine service would be limited to within the interior tasting room space at 1403 Bridgeway, uh, 302 Caledonia Street, Suite 5. I won't go into too much of the analysis as, you, as you've already read it in the staff report, um, but I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, I'll talk mainly about the concerns that have been raised by the correspondence that the city staff has received to date, which is reg with regard to the proximity to Sparrow Creek School. Okay. So there are three main concerns that Sparrow Creek has talked about, the location near the school and the hours of operation, smoking as well as permitting history, and I'll go through each one of these in the following few slides. The concern from Sparrow Creek that staff has heard is that the presence of a tasting room uh, with potentially overserved customers could become a public nuisance to the children who attend the school. As stated previously in this presentation and the staff report, there is no access or viewing opportunity to the west towards Caledonia Street. Additionally, the hours of operation of the two businesses uh, do not overlap. The school hours are from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday to Friday and the tasting room hours proposed are 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. The conditions of approval have been added um, to the draft resolution, which require that the tasting room with beer and wine service to operate only within these very specific hours. The second concern I'd like to talk about is uh, smoking. One of the concerns expressed from Sparrow Creek uh, writers is that the presence of the tasting room with beer and wine service could increase the instances of outdoor smoking. Um, we'd like to point out that the Municipal Code, Chapter 12.28, does provide regulations for indoor air and health protection. One of these specific uh, regulations prohibits the smoking in public places, including unenclosed common areas. So this would be the areas such as the upper level walkway and open deck, which overlook the schoolyard at Sparrow Creek. An advisory note is included in the draft conditions of approval, which reiterate this fact. Lastly, I'd like to talk about the permitting history, which has been brought up as a concern by some uh, Sparrow Creek correspondents. Um, as stated previously, the Community Development Department has determined that the California Caviar Company has adhered to the right requirements of the state of the space established by a 2009 conditional use permit for Amy's Cafe and pursued the continuation of the restaurant land use in a timely and diligent manner without lapse of the permit. Displayed on the screen are the minor use permit findings uh, that need to be made in order for the permit to be approved. The zoning administrator may approve, conditionally approve, or deny this permit. 
in order to approve the minor use permit, all of these findings within this section must be made. And staff suggests that the findings for these um, requirements can be made and the draft language is provided within the draft resolution. I'd like to highlight some of the conditions of approval that are included within this minor use permit. There are very specific conditions of approval to delineate the scope of this permit. Um, I'd like to highlight just four of them here. Uh, number one, authorizes the sale of beer and wine to complement a tasting room. So this really limits the minor use permit scope um, and it also delineates the location at 1403 Bridgeway, which is suite five in this business complex. Uh, it also identifies that necessary licensing from the alcoholic beverage control is required. Condition of approval number two states that the sale of beer and wine shall be ancillary to the primary use as a tasting room and that food shall be served um, at all times or be available to be served at all times. Condition of approval three uh, delineates the hours of operation that we've already mentioned and no alcohol uh, could be sold outside of these hours. Condition of approval four uh, talks about the sale and consumption of beer and wine to be limited again to the interior of this tasting room space and that the project team is prohibited from selling and uh, patrons are prohibited from consuming anywhere else on this site. Speaking to the advisory notes I mentioned earlier, here's the advisory note number seven regarding um, smoking in unenclosed common areas. It is prohibited. Uh, advisory note number eight talks about the restrictions on the consumption of alcoholic beverages in public uses. And of course, number nine talks about, again, reiterating the fact that all necessary um, requirements and permits, licenses from ABC and other permitting agencies are required as part of this permit application. It is staff's recommendation to approve the minor use permit subject to the conditions that we've already laid out to serve beer and wine with no hard alcohol service at the California Caviar Company Tasting Room, which is located at 1403 Bridgeway. Of the options listed for the zoning administrator action today, there is approval of the minor use permit subject to conditions. The zoning administrator may also identify uh, to staff to modify any conditions or add conditions as necessary. Another option is to for denial of the minor use permit. And lastly, for continuance of this public hearing to another date in order to review this permit again. That concludes my presentation. We're available for any questions. Thank you, Calvin. So now I'd like to have the applicant, Deborah Keene, to make any statements or comments about the project. And if you can come, Deborah Keene, to the um, podium and speak in the microphone. Do I use this one? Make sure it's on. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Calvin, for all this hard work. And sorry, excuse my back. I'm not used to sitting behind, you know, in front of people with my back turned to you. So sorry, I apologize. But I thank you for allowing me to be able to help get to know me and to understand a little bit better about exactly what we're doing and what our intentions are and to have an opportunity for you to um, rest any concerns that you have as far as um, the children are concerned or the school. 
A little bit of, I'm going to talk, I've got a timer, so that's not my strong point, so I'm going to work on that. You can pull, pull me when I, you know, I need to be pulled. But I'm going to give you a little bit of background about me. I went to, um, I grew up in the East Coast. I um, went to school to be a pediatric nurse practitioner. I have a degree in nursing, and my studies were for children. My mother is a teacher. She was a National Education Association recipient, and she's been teaching for close to 60 years now. I am very sensitive to the children and the concerns. I have an 11-year-old. I completely understand where you're coming from. So I'm hoping by the end of the day today, you'll feel a lot better about what we are and who we are and what we do. So going back into um, the natural transition between nursing and caviar, uh, which is not a natural transition at all, but... Um, I fell into the caviar business years ago and um, became part owner of the very first farm in the U.S. to produce caviar. And that was in 2004 when all wild caviar was legal. In 2005, beluga became illegal, and I started my company because I got a phone call from a gentleman by the name of Jacques Pepin, um, who some of you might have known uh, as the French chef that worked with Julia Childs on PBS. And he said, Deborah, I want to do a private label and a product that's never been done before. And I started my company in 2007. I was the first woman-owned, woman-run business in the caviar world throughout the world. I'm the very first sustainable caviar company in the U.S. In 2011, all wild caviar became uh, endangered and became um, only farmed caviar, and all became illegal. And I had done that four years prior to, and that's my specialty. We go, I, my goal is to educate, push the culinary boundaries, and to uh, focus on sustainability for this endangered species. I've been going around the world, whether it's Abu Dhabi, uh, Germany, China, to help sustainable farms to perfect the art of caviar production. That's what I, I am all about. I have my own fish. I produce high-quality caviar. But while I'm doing it, I'm asked to do a lot of pairings. I work with numerous chefs, numerous associations, whether it's the Culinary Institute of America, uh, Le Chevalier de Testevin, uh, or it is the incredible... Um, women's groups here in Sausalito and at the Yacht Club. And what I do is I basically get caviar a little bit closer to people to be able to taste it by the gram, side by side, how to enjoy it, how to pair it. With aquaculture becomes availability. Availability becomes accessibility and affordability. Everyone's going to be eating caviar and grows, and it's super nutritious, has a ton of health benefits. It's just not for uh, the 1% of the 1%. So you're going to see it pop up everywhere, and you probably already have. There's even delivery companies called Caviar. Uh, so it's, it's, it's an in thing right now. And what I'm hoping to do is to take all my partnerships with the chefs that I've worked with throughout the years and sponsoring these key events throughout all of um, the United States and educating to be able to get that closer to the consumer and the end user, as I've been doing in these seminars throughout the country. And having this incredible location, I lived in Sausalito on Harrison Avenue, fell in love with it. Could not get my husband to move here. So I moved my company here instead, fell in love with it. And so to be able to be here every day in this, what I consider this beautiful, casual elegance that kind of matches exactly what the company is about, um, I love it. So the partnerships and the support that I've gotten from the Caledonia Street people and the chamber and these incredible people in this room today humbles me. 
So basically, if, what I'm looking to do in, at the Caviar Bar is to be able to do exactly what I've been doing, pairing, showing people how to utilize it, showing people how to pair with it. It doesn't just have to be celebratory. It can just be on rows for a few dollars an ounce on eggs in the morning and um, how to have fun with it and be a little bit more approachable. And just taking my business model that is production, retail sales, private labels to the executive chefs, around two-star Michelin chefs. I work with Farm Shop. I work with Dominique Crenn. I work with a lot of top chefs throughout the country. And to be able to bring it to the retailer and take it to the next level, to be able to not only buy, which we can do now, and do tastings, but now we're going to be able to do pairings and be able to enjoy it so that you can go home and enjoy it too. And so as some of you have already been in, I see some familiar, and Bud, Thanks for coming in today. You see, he was so sweet to me. He said, Deb, I saw this and I read it. And I came in, your people were so nice to me, and I wanted to be here to support you. So thank you. And, and, and uh, thank you so much for coming today. So essentially, we have that experience at Caviar Bar, and that's all we're looking to do is to take my business and bring it to the next level and add that next level to it. Um, and really, the focus is caviar and how do we add to it. I am not interested in having a champagne wine bar. That's not what I'm about. I have all-female staff. I have my token male. Hey, Chris. And <laughs> so he's my Ron, and he's a great guy. He's been with me for 10 years. My staff has been with me, majority of them, for more than 10 years. And so um, it's very important to me to protect them as well as to protect the neighborhood and um, the surrounding people I have with me. So at this point... Uh, and my screen is going to stop there. Um, I'm going to open it for any questions that you have um, about. Thank you, Deborah. What I'm going to do now is open this to public comment. And um, uh, I think some of you have um, filled out speaker slips. So if you do intend to speak, and if you haven't filled out a speaker slip, please do so and hand that to David, onto the David here who's sitting on the side table. Um, the, uh, please state your name, and your time is limited to three minutes um, to, to ensure that we have everybody able to comment and also to ensure the efficiency of this meeting. And we know we all have busy lives, so we want to make sure that we move this along. Um, and uh, if you're ready to speak, please come. And if you have any particular questions, you may ask questions either of staff or the applicant. What we're going to do is record what those questions are and wait till the end of public comment, and either staff or the applicant would be um, able to respond towards the end of the, of the public comment period. So just know that your questions are not going to be ignored. We will respond. So uh, I would like to invite uh, anyone to speak. Now, oh, let me hold on. I have names right here, <laughs> so I'm gonna. This is in no particular order. Um, Bob Woodrum. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Bob Woodrum. I am a resident of Sausalito. I own a business in Sausalito. I'm uh, familiar and very friendly with Deborah. Um, she's been a lovely neighbor to me. Um, I, my kids went to Sparrow Creek. Um, I'm friendly with the people that run the school. I have a terrible problem with this uh, application. I, I don't think it's the right place for this kind of business. Um, 
I don't know if it's illegal or not. I'm not a lawyer, um, but it doesn't make sense to put an alcohol serving business behind next to a school full of little kids. Um, the four o'clock to nine o'clock issue, I think, is one that needs to be looked at because that is determining the school's hours of operation. And they haven't always stayed open only until four o'clock. They used to be open till six, and this will limit that. Um, I did make some notes, which I can't remember now. Um, the, the problems with alcohol are well documented. I'm not going to go into preaching about that, but I don't necessarily think that we need to add another alcohol serving establishment in Sausalito. We have problems with that already. Um, and I can't think of anything else. I, I'm absolutely and completely opposed to this. Um, I, I think it's just a terrible idea. Uh, I'm not directly adjacent to Caviar Company, uh, the California Caviar Company. I'm kind of kitty corner from it. You guys know where my store is. Um, I, I urge you to not approve this. And uh, uh, that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mark Rice, and it would be to be followed by Richard Van Duzer. Yes. Uh, I'm an attorney uh, in Santa Fe and uh, work with a lot of Sausalito businesses, and uh, just I'm here to support Deborah's application along with Rick uh, Warren, her ABC attorney. It's a fairly sensitive application. I think that the school concerns are obviously very important in the staff. From my perspective, looking at uh, a 13-page staff report for um, this sort of application shows a great deal of concern for the school. Um, it seems to me that staff has taken each of their concerns into deep regard. Um, and you know, there are very few towns in the state that I've had the pleasure to appear before that put in as much effort in detail as Sausalito. And I think that reflects a real concern, but an appropriate level of balance between the interest of the school children and the families and local businesses. This is a storefront on Bridgeway, which is a main thoroughfare. We sort of have to understand that uh, that is a core use area for uh, retail and uh, storefront businesses, and this is a uh, um, an appropriate use, and I just commend the staff for their sensitivity to everybody. Thank you, Richard Van Duzer. Uh, to be followed by Lisa Fredericks. Good morning. Uh, my name is Rick, Rick Van Duzer. I'm a partner at the law firm of Frella Barnum Martell in San Francisco, and I'm here to represent the Sparrow Creek Montessori School. Uh, briefly and very briefly, since I only have three minutes, I would urge you to deny this master use permit on one legal ground, and that is that the conditional use permit in this case lapsed. I know that the city and the uh, chief planner has uh, considered otherwise, but the facts, even as laid out in the submission that was made by the California Caviar Company, prove that there was no use in this facility between the time that Amy's vacated it in late summer, fall of 2010, and the time that the Caviar Company leased the space 
and ultimately began using it sometime after the fall of 2012. I don't think there's any debate about that. And the zoning ordinance here in California, excuse me, in Sausalito is very clear and it's mandatory. It doesn't give the planning department discretion. If in fact the conditional use permit lapsed, the occupational use permit that was issued in the fall of 2012 is invalid and unenforceable and this master use permit cannot be, uh, cannot be approved. Secondly, um, if the city is gonna go forward and approve the master use permit, I would ask that it be done with additional conditions. And let me address those briefly for you. One, uh, with the first speaker touched upon, and that is the hours of operation. Historically, the school has operated until six o'clock in the evening. It stopped doing that approximately seven years ago because of a shortage of Montessori school teachers who would be able to staff the school that late into the evening. The board is currently considering, and in all likelihood, before the end of the year, will adopt new hours of operation. And the reason for that is not the caviar company. The reason for that is that other schools who service the types of children that they attract are also expanding their hours. Single parents and working parents are demanding that these types of schools stay open later. And in order to survive, that's what, in essence, this school is going to have to do. So what I would ask is that the condition be uh, amended or modified to allow operation only between the hours of six and nine from Tuesday to Friday and on Saturday between four and nine as currently proposed. Secondly, uh, it's unclear to us whether the parking uh, for suite five that's located in the parking lot which is adjacent to the school is uh, available to patrons. Uh, if, if we're not sure it is or whether it isn't, the signs don't indicate one way or the other, we would ask that there be an additional condition imposed that precludes parking in those parking spots by patrons and limits parking in those spots to employees of the company. Third, uh, we heard this morning that the uh, use permit is limited in scope because it's there to complement tastings, and Ms. Keene made that clear. We would ask that the condition be imposed that you need to wrap up. That's, yep. I'm right there. That okay. the wine and uh, beer that is served be served only in connection with pairings, with caviar tastings, and not be sold separately without tastings being associated with them. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lisa Fredericks to be followed by uh, Carrie Meyer. Good morning. Thank you um, for all the work you've done on this. I know Calvin, uh, another organization I'm part of, works really closely with you, and I know you do great work. Um, I'm a mom at Sparrow Creek, and Deborah, you seem lovely, <laughs> and your business seems very interesting. And I think, we're, you know, no one's against caviar and wine tasting, or you know, that's lovely. I think my main concern is: is this transferable? Say, Deborah relocates, goes somewhere else. You know, I'm also in support of everything the lawyer said regarding the permit, but, you know, what, ha what happens if someone else takes over? Do they get to have this permit? Are they going to be the same responsible person that Deborah seems to be? And I'm also um, a little concerned about the owner of the building has created a lot of problems and is not respectful. My husband is an attorney and has really supported Judith. We have a uh, child in college who went to Sparrow Creek. And that's been a long-standing issue. So that's my comment. Um, I'd love an answer to the question if you can give it to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, the next speaker is um, 
Carrie Meyer, I did call you, to be followed by David Archer. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I, I agree totally, Deborah. Um, I'm a resident and a businesswoman myself here in Sausalito. Um, and I, too, have a problem with the transferable. That's, um, and because everybody said quite a lot of what I would have said, um, I need to tell a story about my six-year-old son along with a couple of other children that um, I was at their school last week and looked in a cubby and saw an interesting bottle. I'm a designer. I thought, wow, that's a cool-shaped bottle. And I pulled it out, and I looked at the label, and of course it was vodka. And I come to find out that the children all gather around me, and I say, where did you guys get this bottle? It's so cool. And they said, the park. And I, and then they proceed to tell me that they tasted it. And if we can't keep... Can you please and, speak into the microphone? Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, it's just we want to make sure it's recorded. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, that was mortifying. And I'm all about keeping Sausalito salty and all that. I think a lot of us are just pretty mellow. Um, but I started thinking, like, your clientele, they're going to be Europeans. They don't know that Judith and, and our school is there. It's going to be really hard for you to, you know, navigate around people not walking around and starting to smoke. We already smell the smoke from Smitty's um, at 9.30 in the morning. It's like barely open. So um, that's, that's the story I, I really wanted to share with everyone. Um, and then also um, just thinking about your business model and the hours of operation and knowing that the tourists are going to come. I don't think locals are going to come to you like every other day. I, Maybe, depending on what you're doing. Um, but, and they all leave and go back to the city when the ferry leaves. And those hours of operations for you just don't seem like sustainable to me as a businesswoman. So I just thought I'd bring that up. Is it worth it? I, I don't know. I mean, but thank you. Thank you. David Archer to be followed by Kim Corey. Thank you, everybody. I'm David Archer, President and CEO of the Sausalito Chamber of Commerce. I'm here to represent the Board of Directors and our membership. And Deborah has been a very active member of our Chamber of Commerce. In fact, she hosted one of our first mixers when I arrived into Sausalito last October, I think it was, or so, yeah, October. Uh, so she's a very good supporter of the chamber. Um, great addition to the community, this aspect of it. We have a number of other businesses that want to help complement what Deborah's doing. And so it's a nice fit for the business community. I certainly understand the school, school's concerned. I have two boys myself and raise them. Um, but I think Deborah's done a really diligent job of trying to address those concerns. Um, and the business, this business is exactly what this zoning area is for. I mean, if you look at Caledonia Street, I think the lady before me mentioned something about being salty. You have Smitty's, which is, I don't know how, in what proximity is, if it's closer or not, but it opens at 10 o'clock. So if there's any worry about that type of thing, I think that's more of an issue than caviar that's going to be served in the late afternoon and early evening. So I'm here, again, fully support what Deborah's got going. 
and I appreciate you letting me speak. Thank you. Kim Curry to be followed by Roxanne Sheridan. Hi, um, I'm Kim Corey. I am um, a resident of Sausalito, and I am also um, someone who has been an administrator at a um, toddler through eighth grade school for quite a long time, um, seven years. So I'm used to the parent versus the community battles. <laughs> Unfortunately, mine had a lot of them. Um, but anyways, I love what you're doing, and I think that there's um, a really neat way to make us a teachable moment, which is what Montessori is all about. And that is that here you have a woman-owned business, and She's growing caviar. What a really cool thing for the kids to learn about. And I would actually, if I were the school, I would be all over you to try to work out some program where the kids could learn about this. Obviously, they don't need to learn about the champagne part of it, but they can learn about growing caviar, and they could actually have a part in what you're doing. And I think that that's a really nice thing that you bring to the community. Um, and also, I don't think people who eat caviar are big smokers. That would be my guess. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Roxanne Sheridan, to be followed by Dan Merriam. Good afternoon or good morning. I'm not sure. Oh, yes, it's still morning. My name is Roxanne Sheridan, and I've known Deborah probably for about two years. She's been gracious enough to uh, make many, many contributions to the Pines, to the Women's Club. Uh, we've raised a lot of money thanks to her fabulous donations, so thank you. Um, a vodka bottle, I'm sorry, you could find it in a trash can anywhere, and I don't really think that has anything to do with what we're talking about today. We're talking about 10 seats for people, for adults, to have high-end caviar and pairings. This has nothing to do with kids Okay, unless they're coming in and sneaking in or they have bad parenting. But my personal, my personal thought is, is that, Deborah, what you do and you give back to this community is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Dan Merriam uh, to be followed by Freshti Kashani. Kashani. Good morning. Um, I'm Dan Merriam. I have uh, two children at the school, and uh, I also live on uh, Bridgeway, right across the street from the Trident Restaurant. So I have a first-hand um, experience with living around alcohol establishments. And I also clean the sidewalks and the street on a regular basis of cigarettes and debris from the surrounding restaurants. Um, I think the nature of, of this restaurant is more conservative than the ones that I'm near. But one thing that I do see is the restaurant's efforts to create income. And they start to do events and things that go outside of what's been projected. And the, the attitude of the people involved in those events changes, and their inhibitions change. Alcohol lowers your inhibitions. And your conduct and behavior in the peripheral area, area the parking lot, the sidewalk, it impacts the entire area. The smell of the alcohol, cigarettes, and behavior, and the hours. Those people don't necessarily leave when it closes. So this town has a, a moral responsibility to the few educators that it has and the establishments that it has. It puts very little money and effort into that. So here you've got one that's a gift to the city. So the question is, do you value the foundation of your community, which is your children, or do you value the income from the sale of, of uh, alcohol or food over that. And 
we're all crammed into a very tight space. We have to work out a balance. My concern here is how can you really control it? I mean, the policy can be set here for certain things, but when everything is in motion, it becomes the school's struggle to push back if it becomes a problem. So how can the city regulate that and make sure that you don't compromise your children, your community's children, your taxpayers' children for the sake of a business? Thank you. Thank you. Freshti Kashani to be followed by Judith Van Kolb. Good morning. My name is Freshti Kashani. I am business owner for 32 years in Sausalito and been a resident as well. I have two kids who are finished college and they are 28 and 26 now. And they both went to Sparrow Creek. They had wonderful, wonderful education that I wish I was a little child and would attend this school when I went to see how they operate. And I just totally oppose with all due respect with Deborah, but uh, we just think it's too close to the school and there is a Smithies down there and so many bars in the uh, downtown. They can use wine, beer, alcohol, anything they want, but this one is too close and I'm totally opposed to that. And especially the hours of school is not uh, up to 4 o'clock. When my kids went to school, they, even they stayed until 6.30 because I was working until 7 o'clock. And uh, they really let my uh, children stay as long as uh, they could. So I really think that it's best for community, especially young children, to uh, be away from this uh, situation that they want to be issued. So please just take it to consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Judith, and I'm not getting this name correct, I apologize, Ben Kolb, to be followed by Shasha Richardson. like to say that what she was saying is that most of the time that Sparrow Creek's been in uh, session, the, it's been till 6 o'clock. And the board of directors is presently reconsidering because of um, the uh, Robin's Nest, you know, came a couple of years ago. And it forces us to have to re-look at our hours. Okay. First of all, from I'd like to talk about the garage and the upper walkway as proximity to the, to the property, right? Because it's not just the time the children are there. It's what happens. I'm the person that's there at 7 o'clock cleaning up the mess from, from people. On Bridgeway, from that bar, it's piss and throw up, and they break the fence. They break it at least six to eight times a year. From the side, the, the uh, garage, the the people who own the building continually over the entire time of this building, which is like 26 years or something, come over the fence whenever they want to. They break the fence. They never fix anything. They destroy the plants because they have no other way of getting to the back wall, which 
you all say has no access, no nothing, no openings, but it actually has a tankless hot water heater with a um, a pilot light that it, that they have no access to. And just a couple of weeks before this whole thing started again, they came to the door to ask if they could go over the the, the um, wall because to get to it because um, they have no ladder there. Okay, so you said. On, on page seven of, of the report, you said that it's a solid black screening. What it is is a tarp. And if you look at the first picture, it's a tarp. It's a tarp. In the next picture that I sent, no, no, the pictures I just gave you. I just gave you pictures. I gave you a p pictures right we'll, there. We'll look at that. Yeah. So that. it's the first picture shows it's a tarp. The second picture shows me rolling up the tarp. The third picture shows the tarp rolled up on the top. The fourth picture shows what, which is what they do. They come across on top of the top tarp and break and tear the tarp. And the next picture shows me sitting on the wall. So it's the same kind of situation, which is next to number five, the two parking spaces of number five. The, the um, park, the next the picture that has this shows a picture of my car, my truck um, coming in. There's no part, no one's there at that day. Um, and uh, anyone can come in and park. The access of the walk, upper walkway, is shown in all the pictures. Judith, Anyone can walk up. Your time is up. Thank you. Um, Sasha Richardson, um, to be followed by uh, Navina Bailey. Hi, my name is Sasha Richardson, and I live at uh, Two Platte Avenue. I'm a resident of Sausalito. And Danny and Calvin, good to see you both again, um, and thank you for your work on this. And I think uh, I have a we have a son who goes to Montessori school, and I, I don't think anybody is arguing with the value that the business provides. And having um, a vibrant community is very important. The school has been there for 35 years, and having any type of alcohol service abutting next to a school is not right for the community. And I just, if that should have been something that the owner had thought about when they released or purchased the building. Um, and what concerns me is even though the store fronts on Bridgeway, there is quite a bit of access via Caledonia through the parking lot and also along the railway along the top. And I don't want additional traffic past people going to a place to drink, walking past our children. I don't want that additional traffic that it's gonna bring. And I think this is a very slippery slope that the permit, if it's granted, and who's to say how will we treat it in the future? I think this is a Pandora's box. And as Dan mentioned, it puts the onus on the school to regulate. Um, I just, I don't want cigarette butts flicked into the play yard. I don't want, the trash from the parking lot. I don't want somebody leaning over the railing and relieving themselves into the place where our children play below. And who's to say that that's actually going to be regulated? I mean, we we have the we have um, 
the, the law that says dogs have to be on leash. We have the law that says dogs shouldn't poop on the ground. But that that isn't regulated. I'm just afraid that just going off of people aren't allowed to smoke, that pathway and walkway is a perfect access for people to walk up there, enjoy the view, and you know enjoy what they've imbibed in at the restaurant. I strongly urge you to please, please do not approve this permit. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Navina Bailey, uh, to be followed by Jennifer Kehoe. Good morning. My name is Navina Bailey. I'm a resident of Sausalito and a mother of two little girls who go to Sparrow Creek Montessori School. Um, thank you for giving us the opportunity to speak on this matter. Deborah, thank you very much for your presentation. I'm really impressed by the idea and uh, um, the, 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 the opportunity to uh, present caviar to people of Sausalito and the visitors of Sausalito. What I can't really agree with is serving alcohol in the bar next to the school where little kids like two and a half, three years old are playing. Serving alcohol to people we don't know, we don't know what their reaction will be, how they react after uh, the use of alcohol. Even if your intentions are the best possible intentions and I trust in your responsibility to keep your business um, respectful to the um, public and to, um, to the city of Sausalito. We can't guarantee the reaction of people who use alcohol, especially this close to the uh, school and as Sasha uh, mentioned before us, the parking is so close. There are points of uh, uh, accessibility to the school, to the backyard. We don't want to put in danger the health and safety of our teacher, uh, of our children. So I strongly oppose the approval of the permit for use of alcohol. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jennifer Kehoe, followed by Lance Alameda. Hi, my name is Jennifer Kehoe and my daughter goes to Sparrow Creek School right now. Uh, we've been a resident of Sausalito for about five years, and uh, my daughter's currently attending her third year there, and she's really thrived. And they do so much there for the kids. And the neighbor coming from San Francisco prior, I've had such a great experience here in Sausalito and feel so part of the community. And um, so a lot of my comments that I have had are addressed, but I want to talk about, we're talking right now about what the effects are going to be on the kids if this opens, but it's already affected my child. She's already asked me during our three week break, mama, what's smoking? Why is it bad? So this, this is already starting a negative discussion in our home. And you know, I'm a little insulted by the fact that we're disparaging uh, Smitty's, uh, which is an alcohol establishment, but, and your business model sounds great, but it's still alcohol. And so, you know, just because it's a higher class establishment 
doesn't mean it's better for the community. It's still just alcohol and the effects on kids. And that's what I'd like you to think about. Thank you, Lance Alexander, to be followed by Lorna Newland. That's Alameda, like the city and the county. My name is Lance Alameda. I've been a resident of Sausalito for 30 years. And uh, my daughters are both alumnus of Sparrow Creek School. So when Judith, Craig, Lauren, and Solange contacted me about this issue and said, jump, I said, how high? Uh, I have no right to impinge upon Deborah's right to earn a living. Uh, but this is an issue of commerce versus community. And almost every person who has come up here has talked about how Deborah's done stuff for the community by putting money in their hands, hosting, or giving them something. And that's wonderful, but Judith has built lives. And this city has already opened a door to several situations that are almost already untenable. Studio 333 was granted all sorts of privileges to do things, and they're running amok. So we've got Studio 333 on Caledonia, and now potentially another business on the opposite side of this school. That could create havoc. And I'm not saying, Deborah, that that's your intention. But two other businesses failed in that location. And now I'm told you already have a business at one, uh, one Market at the Ferry Building? I was part owner of that company. Part owner of that company. So my advice is it doesn't make any sense to grant this permit because I don't see that this is a, a sustainable business model. I'm a foodie, but I'm not going to be going, hey, baby, let's go get some caviar. It's not going to happen. We'll go to Molly Stone's or we'll go to Whole Foods or whatever to get our caviar. So the people that are going to be going there most likely are people who are going to be out on a lark and, you know, woo, do whatever. No control. So it's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to Judith who built that school with her two hands. So... I would say this, Deborah. When I first moved here, there was a place there called Peter Pan Donuts. I stopped there every day on my commute, and I got a donut and I got a cup of coffee. That's a great business model for that location. Then I would totally support saying, take out all the parking meters on this block. Just put in 20-minute parking so people could pull up and get a, don a crawler and, a, and an espresso and go. Yes, exactly. This is just, it's just, doesn't make any sense. And no disrespect to you, but you know what? We've got to think about these things. Thank you. Uh, Lorna Newland to be followed by Frank Alizaga. Hello, my name is Lorna Newland. I've been a homeowner in Sausalito for 23 years. I'm also a small business owner. I know it's very difficult to have a small business. It's difficult to have a big business in Sausalito. There are a lot of rules and regulations that we all adhere to. And it is the businesses in town that support the town through parking, uh, the parking fees, the sales tax, 
um, business licenses, all the fees attached to that. And not only that, as a small business owner, we do give back to the community. I've given to so many nonprofits in town, schools. I've donated things from my pottery business. Um, we, I've read every one of the letters that went in there. I, I, I should have prefaced this. I'm in support of the city granting this permit. Um, I found that there were two versions. I want you to know I'm speaking, nobody told me what to say. I'm speaking from the heart of what I know about Sausalito. When we, some of what I read in the letter, it was over and over in many of them, that this uh, alcohol is glamorizing substance abuse. The sale of alcohol is legal in the United States. It's legal in this town. It's, you can go to the Sausalito Art Festival. Small children are there. Um, Molly Stones. There are rows and rows of alcoholic beverages for sale. Are we going to close down all of those? My concern is Deborah, in her model, and it's not, it's, she's doing some tastings with this. As I understand, her primary business is wholesale. She is wholesaling high-end, sustainably grown caviar to most of the best restaurants in the area and stores. This store opens on Bridgeway. The patrons are not going through the schoolyard. Smitty's, which is a legal establishment and is open at 10 in the morning, is just across on Locust Street. The children coming in and out of the school are more exposed to Smitty's or when Art Walk is happening or anything else on Caledonia Street than they would be by this uh, permit. The bottle apparently that was found was in Robin Sweeney, it sounds like it was in Robin Sweeney Park, which is city property. When Robin had her, I, when there was the big birthday celebration for Robin Sweeney in the park with adults and children, alcohol was served by the city of Sausalito. So all I'm trying to say is when you read what they have agreed to, nobody from none of the patrons coming to the tasting room are parking in that area. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Frank Alizaga to be followed by Kim Huff. Okay. So Kim Huff, thank you. Good morning, I'm Kim Huff. Um, I moved to Sausalito in 1990 and started a business in 91 and I'm still here, fortunately. Um, but I've been very, very involved in the business community, in the, um, the community of Sausalito since I got here. Uh, was a founder of Willow Creek Academy. Um, I've been actively involved with the schools, with um, the Women's Club, Rotary, you know, you name it, I've been involved or I'm still involved in one of these groups. And Deborah has been an absolutely wonderful partner with a lot of these groups. And I'm, I, I would probably say she would support Sparrow Creek too if she was asked. Um, you know, Deborah is a really responsible business owner and I think we need to give her a benefit of the doubt that she's bringing a business here that is what Sausalito wants. We want high-end businesses that are, you know, 
serving locals, serving visitors. Um, I feel like she's being um, treated a little bit unfairly for the faults of maybe other business owners that are not as responsible as Deborah. And I think she deserves a chance to at least, you know, get there. She hasn't even gotten there yet. She's got an, a small establishment. Um, it's, it's not the priority of the business to sell wine and champagne and beer. It's to complement the tastings, the small amount of tastings that she'll be allowed to do. So I'd, I'd really like to support Deborah, and I'd hope that, um, that you would take that into consideration and, and at least explore it further. Don't deny it. So anyway, thank you. Thank you. Um, Ann Lee, to be followed by the last speaker I have is Bud Heiler. So again, if you really want a chance to speak, please uh, fill out a speaker slip now. <laughs> I do have one, one after Bud, but okay, Ann, thank you. Hi, I'm Ann Lee, and I moved to Sausalito in... Um, 2010, so it's been about seven years. Uh, I have two children here, and I love Sausalito. I didn't think I would. I came from the city where there's lots of options to have regarding food, drink, uh, you know, entertainment. Um, but one of the things I really love about Sausalito is that it offers so much for young, wholesome families. Um, as well as, the, you know, there's a salty aspect, and I, I love that too. That's the history of this place, which I, I believe Sparrow Creek has a major part in, uh, and Judith herself. And I respect you as a business owner, um, woman-run, sustainable food. I'm all for that. I s support a sustainable um, fishery that actually delivers at New Village School in Sausalito. Um, I, I want my children to learn about that. Um, but there's a... There's a time and a place for it, and I know that you know you'd be able to offer a lot of people around here education about your your business ways, sustainability. Um, I just don't want it right in the middle of where I have kind of like raised my older daughter V to now to like understand. Oh, there's the the framing store with Bob. There's the hardware store. Here's the library. Robin Sweeney Park. Robin Sweeney was my neighbor until recently. And we'd be like, that's the mayor. She was mayor like, you know, four times. Isn't that excellent? Or I think it was eight times. And, and that's the kind of community that I'm drawn to. And we're talking about maybe a vision for Sausalito, where it goes from now, not where it's been with like, you know, caviar and yachts, but where, where is the future of Sausalito right now? Young families, diverse community, and I'm afraid that something like a business like that's named caviar, not like sustainable fish eggs might even be more appealing, but caviar might not be where we want to go as a city anymore. How do we attract young, diverse families to this place? And I think it's good education, it's diverse businesses, frankly, and I'm here, like, where are all the ethnic food places that I go to? You know, that's what I long for. This is, I mean, Bay Area. You know, why don't we have more of that? And so, I mean, you know, appealing to the council, council people of this city, of where you want this, what the city wants to look like in the future is kind of what I'm aiming at, and, and the children really are the difference in that, and the, and the folks who are raised here who continue to come back 
because it is a lovely place and I want to keep it that way. And that's why I would say, you know, deny this permit. This is not the kind of business that will attract, frankly, a family like my own. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Bud Heiler, and I have a last speaker, uh, Karina Hernandez. Uh, a resident of Salcedo, I've been flabbergasted by the drinking concerns. If I were to get drunk, the last thing I would do is go to Deborah's and drink a bottle of champagne. <laughs> we, last time we were there for a tasting, it was, it, we were trying to lay out the menu for a party, and it would have been nice to have a glass of champagne to augment that. You're not just selling caviar, you're selling experience and the food and the wine together. But all we had was water. So for Deborah's business, I, can, I can't see them being separated if she's trying to show people the value of caviar to their lives and their meals and their, their planning. So I, I don't think the drinking is a problem. That's not where you go to get drunk. Uh, I think we envision Sausalito that's more than socks and T-shirts and trinkets. And this is a step up for Sausalito. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have the last speaker as Karina Hernandez. I'll give one last chance for anyone who wishes to speak. Um, if, you, if we don't have speaker substance, just clearly state your name and, and we'll, we'll make sure to have your name there. Um, I think we ran out of speaker slips. Oh, well, we have... Maybe two more speakers. They can just line up. Okay. But I think we're going to end that after that. Again, please come up if you have, if you wish to speak. Please, uh, Karina Hernandez. Hi. Yeah. My name is Karina Hernandez. Um, I have been, I was born and raised here in Sausalito. Um, lived here my entire life. My brother and my cousin um, went to Sparrow Creek when it was new and opened. Uh, my mother has owned several businesses here in Sausalito, so I know what it's like to be a small business owner here in Sausalito. I have four kids. Um, my youngest now are twins, and it's their last year at Sparrow Creek with Judith. Um, I just have a, <clears throat> a couple of uh, questions about this. You know, once if if this were to be uh, approved, I know that you guys have put, um, and I know that Deborah has done a really great job in terms of trying to accommodate the school and trying to go around um, and not have uh, the alcohol um, be so present when the children are within school hours. Um, but I'm just wondering if once it's approved, if um, <clears throat> how easy it would be for her or for the next owner to change those hours, um, to expand it if um, her business did grow. Um, you know, because... Um, or, you know, longer hours, you know, we, we do already have a problem, you know, and an issue with Smitty's being there, but Smitty's has been there almost as long as the school, if not longer, if I'm uh, mistaken, but, uh, you know, most of the time, um, just with the proximity of the school, we just don't want it to become an issue where it is an all-day uh, drinking establishment, which we have like a second Smitty's that's so close to um, our children and our people. And um, we don't have very many uh, preschools there in Sausalito. And Judith has been absolutely amazing and wonderful. And her fight to keep that school there and her fight to start it and just for the kids and being an advocate for the children is something um, that is absolutely amazing. So I just don't want this to turn into something um, that would be an all-day 
drinking extravaganza so close to the school. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Sorry, my microphone wasn't on. Okay, I have Mila Bradley and the last speaker, Lauren Seri. Seri. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Mila, and uh, I have a daughter who just finished her time at Sparrow Preschool, and I'm also a business owner in Sausalito. Um, and clearly, this is a very emotional issue for everybody. Um, so my point, a lot of people have said some of the things that I feel, but my main concern is proximity. It's not about the question of whether it's nice to have a pairing with your caviar, because of course it is. And most likely people are not going to be going and, like you said, downing a bottle of champagne. That's probably not going to happen. But the point is still that it's very close to the school. And I am not exactly educated on what the 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 foot limit is with ABC in terms of if it's 600 feet near a school or 1,000 feet near a school. Um, but I think they do have some regulations around that. And it really is touching. I mean, they're back to back. So the back of the business and the building is at the back of the schoolyard. And um, so that's my main concern is I really don't think it's appropriate because it's way too close. And then I also would like, I know someone mentioned before, the issue of transferability, but that's a big concern for me. What happens if, for whatever reason, she decides to move the business or sell the business? You know, it's lucrative to have that uh, permit approved because you get more money for your business that way, and then we don't know what would go in. So that, those are two concerns, what happens with that? You know, is, does it, is it transferable or is it not? Does it get brought up for review again with the city? And also, one more question is, if the city approves it, then is, it's my understanding that then ABC has to approve it. So A, is that correct? And B, um, is there an opportunity for people to contact ABC with concerns? Or is that a private investigation that, or you know, process that the public doesn't have any voice in? So those are my questions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, last speaker, Lauren Seri. Hi there. My name is Lauren Seri. I am one of the few who was born and raised in Sausalito, and I recently moved back to raise my own family in Sausalito. And I must say that Sausalito can sometimes be a slippery slope for young families. Uh, we crave this village-like atmosphere. I always want to have a Montessori and a hardware store on Caledonia Street, but it's starting to encroach. Studio 333, while those operate, on, during evening hours and on weekends, it encroaches even on the time when I'm picking up my child from Sparrow Creek. I must also remind you that my sister went to Sparrow Creek 35 years ago. I've sent my oldest son there and hope to send my next son there next year. And I just, I just really urge Sausalito to preserve Sausalito for the families that are making our public school a better school for the entire community. I have friends that want to move to Sausalito but often say, oh, but it's sort of like a a weekend bar, you know, tourist situation. And I just want to really remind the people of Sausalito that young families live here. We want to live here. I am so respectful of your business. I'm a journalist. I've covered the Bluefin Tuna Trail um, in, Je in Japan. I love what you're doing. I think it's really remarkable. But I just really want to preserve the town-like atmosphere of Caledonia Street. It's the last frontier for Sausalito and the people who want to live and raise their kids here. It's really important to me that while we depend on the revenue of alcohol and tourists, that we want to live here. And it's 
tough to live here when it feels like a big weekend cruise ship coming in on the weekends and at nights. Um, I want to preserve the sense of community for our families. Studio 333, it, while they operate in the evenings, it's, it's, it's present for us as a picking up dry cleaning, going to Bob's Framing Shop, picking up my kids. I just urge you to just continue to make Sausalito a place for young families to want to live. It's really remarkable that I've been able to come back to Sausalito and raise my family. I can't say that any of the people I grew up with can or want to do that based on the changing climate of Sausalito. So please just respect the young families that are trying to live here and make it a small town community-like atmosphere to raise healthy and, and kids that feel grounded in community and where they live. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now uh, I would like to have um, Deborah Keene or Rick Warren, if you have any, um, anything you'd like to add or respond to, and then after your, um, after your comments or statements, then um, Calvin and I will address some of the questions that were asked. Yeah. Wow, thank you. Thank you for your support and understanding of what I'm doing. That makes me feel really good. But I definitely want to address some of them. And absolutely, when it comes to the smoking, and Judith and I know every day we're out there with cleaning up the cigarette butts with without the alcohol at California Caviar. And I think one has nothing to do with the other. We have a person in the building. We know how much we love my landlord. I love my landlord as much as Judith does. I'm just going to put that out there, okay? And so we clean every single day. We're in the front, um, you know, and, I've, and she's asked for some help on occasion to help with the water leakage and things like that, and how do we get through to him. We've attempted to work on that together to make sure. So the smoking has been an issue. All the guys parking in our parking spaces, it's usually suite number four from Smitty's. They're all permitted spaces. There's no public parking there. It's not, it's not allowed. And I can't tell you how many times my staff has come in at 7 a.m. We've seen people sleep up there on the walkway. That walkway is not our walkway. That our walkway is not access to any parts of my company for the um, tasting room. So that is not an issue. It's a non-issue for this particular permit. Um, and... Um, uh, Looking at some of the um, zoning issues, uh, the school has found itself in um, a commercial zone. And I read a little bit about uh, Judith, who she too had to do what I did and walked around to all the neighbors to say, hey, I want to do this here. Are you okay with it? Because it's a commercial zone, and mostly schools are in residential zones. And so, unfortunately, Smitty's was already there. Little did she know what would happen. But she, we, she did establish herself and worked with the community, like I am right now, to work on the traffic issues that they had concerns on, so, so on and so forth. And so it is a mixed use. Um, I... Um, do want to work every step of this way. I, what you don't understand is that when I got the permit, the location was gutted. And when I got a, the space was available, it was completely gutted. They took the toilets, the doors, the lights, the light fixtures, and left a massive bag of feces for the owner to come into. It was um, a horrible situation when that tenant left, and he was, and she had a lease until 2018, and they had to go through all sorts of things before I could even get in there. 
but made the efforts working towards that the entire time. So I've put in a lot of hours, a lot of time, a lot of get asking for permission to do exactly what I needed to do to get it within the framework of the occupational uh, use permit that I have to work off of the conditional use. So we've, we've worked really hard to, uh, for that. And um, I want to also address, Laura, is it Lawrence? Yeah, Laura, um, so a couple of people here and also you know, the alcohol I really want to address, and is it Karen? Yeah. Carrie, um, on, on some of the issues and, and, uh, my, and I love the question for business model. Yes, my primary model is retail, retail online, and wholesale. So my model, so I have an existing business since 2007. This is an add-on, so this is not going to be, and you're right, this is not my primary, my alcohol, that's my future of my life, this is not it. This is the add-on to an existing business that's been around for 10 years. And so we do a lot of private labels. My chefs and distributors, they come up, and yes, I sell to Molly Stones, so you can find me there too. And so I do, that is my primary uh, business, what I need and I want to add to the tasting experience as my permit is the restaurant and the tastings. So um, it is a model that I can modify, and as the chefs leave, then I can have a nice clean room and um, the retail and everybody's picking up, and then we can enjoy the evening. And so I first submitted the permit for better hours, kind of, you know, while my staff is there. But now I'm going to have to have two shifts. But I understand the concern, so I'm absolutely been willing to work. So it's a really good question on the business model. And yes, I always wanted to do ode to your peanut parent donuts. Uh, Thomas Keller and I have worked together a couple of times from French Laundry, and he would do a pressed caviar inside of butter inside a beignet and to do an ode to, so do a caviar donut for the donut shops for some of the locals at some point. So yes, I know that, yeah, donuts are good, but maybe not my kind of donut isn't exactly what you're thinking about. But um, I'm gonna let um, uh, both um, Mark and uh, um, Rick be able to address some of the other permitting issues regarding the zoning. And hopefully I addressed most of the questions between the walkways, the cigarette issues, and the intention of you know, what my baseline business is and what I'm looking to do. Okay, I just wanna make sure that, um, if you wanna stop the clock really quick, that we um, have just under four minutes for the applicant team to speak, so. Uh, good morning, my name is Rick Warren, and I'm here as uh, counsel for California Caviar Company. 100% uh, of my law practice for the last 22 years is representing clients in the alcohol license business. I do my practice exclusively with the ABC, and I can assure you and guarantee you that any conditions that are on this license, such as the hours restrictions, um, the location where alcohol can be consumed, will be grafted onto the alcohol beverage control license. And once they're on the ABC license, they cannot be changed without the ABC giving all of you who are objectors, uh, and you'll have the opportunity to object to the ABC when we apply there. Once they're, once they're grafted on the ABC license, they, will, they cannot be changed without your having a, a say in whether they, the proposed changes, whatever they are, are acceptable, and if not, you can have a public hearing about it or a full evidentiary hearing. 
Uh, and the, the scales are pretty much weighted in favor of preserving the conditions once they're there, unless there's uh, a showing that the reason for the condition no longer exists. So if, for example, the school were to ever close and this business were continuing and the new owners or California Caviar Company wanted to extend the hours, they would be able to show that the reason for the condition, the locality of the school, no longer exists. But as long as the school is there, I can pretty much guarantee the hours restrictions that are being agreed to here would be uh, permanent as long as the school is there. So. And they're permanent in terms of transferability. I mean, the license can be transferred to a new owner, but the new owner would have to accept it with the same conditions. They would have the opportunity to come and ask you to modify the conditions, tell you what their business model is, their business plan is, and if you're not in agreement, you'll have the, op as I said, the scales are weighted in your favor to persuade the ABC not to agree to any modification. Um, I fight condition modifications all the time. Uh, it's very, very difficult to uh, modify the conditions on an ABC license unless we have the agreement of the people who objected and were the reason for those conditions in the first place. Okay. No, I, I think that covers it. Okay, thank you very much. Um, first of all, I want to thank everyone for your participation. I think this is very important. I'm, I'm impressed by the um, number of folks that are here today. So um, I know this is a very important issue. So I really appreciate, and, uh, as far as city staff, we really appreciate you coming because it, uh, it, it's important for us to hear from you. Uh, what I'd like to do uh, right now is for um, Calvin to address, we have a few things that we've written down from hearing from you. Uh, we may not answer all the questions, but we have a few that we think that are, are um, major issues that uh, is worth um, responding to, one being the conditional use permit and the continuation of this conditional use permit that was granted for um, the prior restaurant that was there and its continued use. And the second is the transferability of if this minor use permit were granted, how does that affect any future user or future use of the site? And I can respond um, to that in terms of what the city's requirements would be. So uh, Calvin, can you uh, Discuss the history of the, of the conditional use permit. Thank you, Danny, and members of the public for all your comments. Um, looking back, um, back to 1987, that's when Peter Pan's Donuts um, was there as a bakery. Um, they were allowed as a bakery, but not allowed to have seating. They eventually did have seating, and that was not something that was permitted. When Amy's wanted to come in, they had to apply to turn it into a restaurant, and that was for that was when they had to apply for the conditional use permit, or CUP, as you've heard referred to. In approximately of October of 2010, as far as our records can tell, Amy's Cafe kind of left in the middle of the night. They closed business, and Deborah already kind of spoke to some of the um, unstable or damaged state that Amy's left that in. And there's an exhibit in your packet, Exhibit C, that you can reference. Um, it was not usable at that point, and there was a lot of effort that had to be taken to continue the restaurant use. Within six months of Amy's closing, um, the project team had already looked into the space. They inquired about it, began storing materials there, and had been working with the community development department staff to prepare the plans to continue the restaurant use. At no time was there a lapse in the continuation efforts for this restaurant use. 
in order for a California caviar company could, to continue this use, they had to follow very strict requirements that were um, on this permit, um, going back to Amy's, for instance, the countertop and all the layout had to be exactly the same. Um, I think you can ask Deborah this later, but the countertop is actually removable. And so the original Amy's countertop is actually there. It's that strict. And that type of strict requirement goes with the conditional use permit, ABC license, as well as minor use permit that Danny will speak to in a second. In November of 2012, having worked through all the issues of continuing the restaurant use, the Community Development Department did approve an occupational use permit, which is required of any new business in Sausalito, any change in square footage, any change in operations that formally recognized um, the conditional use permit from Amy's in 2009 for application in California Caviar's Tasting Room at 1403 Bridgeway. All the requirements under the 2009 CUP have to be followed by the project team at 1403. So there's no uh, deviation from that. It can be a reduction in scope and intensity, but it's definitely not any expansion in intensity or scope of work. So Calvin um, specifically addressed the conditional use permit in which um, enabled um, Calvair California Caviar Company to be able to occupy and operate as she is now. The, the, the request this, eve, this morning is a minor use permit for the sale of beer and wine uh, within this current scope of business. And that requires a minor use permit because sale of beer and wine requires this process. Now, uh, there was questions regarding the transferability. For example, if California Caviar Company were to operate if, if this minor use permit were granted and they were to operate, let's say a year, let's say six months, and then um, another company, another user wanted to come in and operate, and they would be, number one, uh, if they were a similar um, type of establishment like a restaurant, they would, be, would need to be, operate within the scope of that conditional use permit that was granted in 2009. So there's limitations. It's very specific to the number of seats, to, um, to the layout of the space, um, uh, the space that exists today. For the CUP, if, and again, as Calvin mentioned, if that were to be expanded, say, for example, they had room to go up or go you know, expand or, or add additional square feet, that would require a separate conditional use permit and the opportunity for a public um, for an application and public hearing and that's not an automatic approval that would be a discretionary approval uh, in a similar situation where we have a public hearing today for the minor use permit for the limited scope of allowing beer and wine in association of this with this restaurant also has that same uh, issue with with regard to transferability if another user were to come in, if it were Arizona Caviar Company who wanted to come in, if they, staff would be working closely with any new business that comes in, they're required to come in and get the occupational use permit, they're required to get the business licensing. We would be looking at the limited scope in which this, um, this current minor use permit uh, is granted and um, clearly indicate that's the, that's the scope in which you can operate. Uh, any expansion, any increase in activity, any deviation from the conditions that this minor use permit would be granted under would be subject to a separate minor use permit, a hearing that we're having today. So uh, I know there's concern that this 
potentially could grow to something else that's perhaps a full bar or that can't happen unless there's a hearing such as this in which there's an opportunity to um, to um, it's a discretionary permit process so I hope that I'll I'll answer one question but this really is not the time to to do that um, I almost want to refrain from doing that but if you can have one question, one question. sure can you please come to the microphone Why is what's going on at 333 being allowed, and how will that be stopped at this location? Thank you. And that was two questions. Right. Sorry. And How will what's happening yeah. at 333 not be allowed to happen with this? I, this is not the subject of today's meeting, and I, I, I don't, and, you know, I'm not intending not to answer your question. We could speak later okay. um, outside of this meeting, but this, this is not the subject of this hearing tonight, today. So thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's a good question. Um, so I, I hope I answered that question with regard to transferability. Um, thank you again for all your comments. Um, what I'd like to do now is um, give you my thoughts. I, I am the zoning administrator hearing, um, uh, zoning administrator for the city, uh, as well as a community development director. And um, while I certainly understand the concerns of um, both sides of this, um, this issue, I do find, uh, as staff has recommended, that the findings can be made to approve this minor use permit um, for, for the following reasons. Uh, this um, California Caviar Company is limited to the ground floor. Uh, it, there was concerns regarding second floor use and that um, potential conflict of using the second floor, that's not gonna occur because it's limited to the ground floor suite five. Um, there is no direct visual access um, between Sparrow Creek and um, California Caviar Company. Uh, limited to indoors, uh, there is no service for outside. So I believe in addition, there's um, that separation the access uh, from um, access into uh, the California Caviar Company is facing Bridgeway. It is not does not have direct access from Caledonia. There are connections, but only to the second level, which is not again part of the scope of this minor use permit. There is no alcohol service on that second level, and it's limited to the ground floor facing Bridgeway. Um, the hours of operation, um, there, uh, the hours of operation for the service of alcohol and for your business model is from 4 to 9 p.m. Now, um, I, staff has really looked at this and, and you know, we know that the, the primary time frame that the adjacent business at Sparrow Creek is from eight to four. And I know you've mentioned that there is the ability to perhaps open later or there's longer hours. Staff believes that there's a, um, there is enough of a delineation in the business model that when you when you open and when Sparrow Creek is closing its nearing closing its business, that there's not a, a, um, a significant impact of a potential impact of those two different businesses. And for those reasons, we believe that this can be um, to be met can be can be met. Those findings can be met. Um, I think that um, we have the appropriate conditions of approval that will be memorialized in this minor use permit. Uh, these conditions of approval are um, 
um, necessary to ensure, you know, and they're placed in there appropriately to ensure that this business is run uh, and is harmonious. You know, um, we issue permits um, all the time. This is what our nature of, of it. And, you know, if violations were to occur, well, those are violations and they will be addressed um, appropriately um, through the city, whether it's um, involvement with the police department or whether it's involvement with our code enforcement, the city has a, compl a complaint basis, uh, complaint-driven um, code enforcement, and we try our best to respond and address those issues, and um, this is what we do every day <laughs> uh, in, in my department. So with that, um, I am granting approval of this minor uh, condition, uh, minor permit, minor use permit, uh, the, um, this decision is appealable uh, within 10 days of this decision date. So any member um, of the public or any, any, any party you're associated with may, be, uh, may appeal this decision within 10 days of this decision date. Um, the decision uh, would be, um, the appeal would go to the city uh, planning commission and the planning commission would uh, hear this matter as a de novo hearing in a similar situation with public comments to be received, and then that would be addressed um, at that level. But at this time, if there are no appeals, then after 10 days, this uh, permit is active. So thank you again for your, um, for your attendance and your participation. And this concludes the meeting.
Three minutes. Three minutes to make the case. Well, it's a system. 